Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Lynn Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmerz Day, March 21st, 2022. On the show today, news, listener questions, and in our main segment, special guest Christina Harrison gives us an early look at what's good at this year's Flower and Garden Festival over at Epcot. Let's get started by bringing in the man who says that Rage Against the Machine never said what machine, but it was probably a printer. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? It's going well, Len. But speaking of machines, have you ever noticed on the sides of the bottles of cold medicine, they have that warning, do not operate heavy machinery? Is there an actual weight limit? Yeah, like a gross vehicle weight of 5,000 pounds. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, could I, could I drive a golf cart? Would no, that be- they mean metaphorically heavy. No, they mean metaphorically <laughs> Spiritually heavy. heavy. Stay off your cell phone. Yeah, don't send in emails. That's what that means. I get it. If you're driving the Exxon Valdez, maybe yeah, yeah, you don't do that. But on the other hand, is it only stuff that you can lift above your head? For Because for me, that seems like an excellent way to get out of doing chores. Yeah, like the vacuum or the vacuum cleaner. Ooh, I mean, sweetie, I'd, I'd love to. I just took some Benadryl. Like, there I, you go. There you go. <laughs> Dishwasher, I'm sorry. It's heavy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's let's go with that. We're all of us are medical professionals here, right? That's it, exactly. <laughs> clearly, clearly. All right. Well, there you have it then. <laughs> all right, Jim. It's time to do a shout out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers JB Wolf the Fourth, Dan Hansen, and Sam Fenton, and longtime subscribers Sharon M six fourteen, Jennifer Swart, and Brian Ansel. Jim. These are the folks who run Disney's second most popular wedding venue upstairs at Pizza Rizzo over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. They say that they spend most of their time explaining the menu. No, 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 not chicken or steak on the invites. It's cheese or pepperoni. And having to coordinate bridesmaids' outfits to the color of the dumpsters out back for photos with Gonzo. True story. Has anybody actually staged a wedding up there? I am sure knowing the Disney community, it has happened already. Oh, Jim, I mean, if not, I feel like somebody should get ordained and one of you should do it. I'm thinking vow renewal ceremony. I'll have a chat with Nancy. (laughs) Thank you, Jim. (laughs) All right, folks, let's do the news. The Disney Dish News is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish podcast for a worry-free travel experience every time. Book online at storybookdestinations.com. Jim, we've already mentioned we're doing our first ever Disney Dish Cruise in 2022. That is sold out. It is the week of weekend of September 23rd to the 26th. We have two more events now to announce. We are doing the second annual Gingerbread Challenge in Walt Disney World starting Friday, December 2nd, 2022. Events include the second annual Race for Tomorrow Today at Tomorrowland Speedway. This is the only automobile race in America in which style points and your outfit actually affect how well you do in the standings. Christina will again be judging with bias. And what that means is that kids who participate will win all the prizes. All the prizes. All the prizes. Uh, And then there's the gingerbread challenge where all of you compete to build the best gingerbread house while I cheat in ways that nobody will see coming. Judge for Life, Christina will again be awarding prizes using her own inscrutable scoring system. Randomly, just whoever. Which inevitably means kids always win. If we can all remember the lyrics, we're also doing a sing-along at Country Bear Jamboree and Enchanted Tiki Room, plus a live podcast reporting. By the way, I neglected to welcome our special guest, Christian Harrison from touringplans.com. Chrissy has hello, a hello. We're also, you forgot to mention the drinking event. We're adding a drinking event because... I mean, at Christmas, we need drinking. So Bethany Vinton is going to host our drinking in all countries, but mostly Mexico and Japan mm. in Epcot on day two, which is December 3rd. Right. So uh, everyone pack a so, spare liver and, uh, and then explain to the TSA <laughs> what it is you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do sip around the world because drink around the world never goes well for me, but I'll sip uh. around the world. Or And Jim, Jim, you could chaperone around the world. It's, it's all a thing. I'm thinking that because otherwise you get that really ugly photograph at the end of the evening with someone sprawled in front of the, <laughs> the, the fountain by spaceship birth where they're backing up the forklift to take you back out to your car. <laughs> My phone reminded me of a photo that I took a couple of years ago for mm-hmm. uh, after Hannah's 21st birthday. And mm-hmm. she wanted to do drinking around the world with her best friend, Natalie. But she also wanted us to wear gray jumpsuits in July as we did it. So I, I have this photo of, we started in Mexico. Uh, I have mm-hmm. this photo of us in the UK. So almost mm-hmm. done where mm-hmm. we're, where a stranger took 
a photo of all of us trying to cram into one of the red phone booths. And I sent it back to the kids, to, to Natalie and Hannah, and I, mm-hmm. uh, with the caption, this could be us, but y'all playing, which... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think young people say that anymore, I know, but that's I know. <laughs> they appreciated it they thought oh, it was funny well. anyway, anyway wow. there's that okay also we're looking at march 30th to april 1st 2023 for our group cruise on the star cruiser halcyon that's a thursday check-in and a saturday checkout which is also somehow appropriately april fool's day it also gives you most of Saturday and Sunday to recover and requires only two vacation days from work. So cabins aren't yet available for booking, but we should have a sign-up sheet for those who are interested by next week's show. So listen out for that. Cool, cool. All right, on to the news. Jim, Disney announced a new DVC tower for the Polynesian opening in 2024. Of course, this yeah. means, Jim, uh, the permanent closure of Spirit of Aloha and probably the end of reflections over at Fort Wilderness, right? It does. And back in 2014... They redid the lobby of the Polynesian. They took out the waterfall that people so loved. But it was all done on the back of, we are eventually going to build a DVC tower here at the Poly, in addition to the bungalows, in addition to the villas. And Disney announced with great fervor, reflections, you know, going to be built on the shore of Bay Lake and on the site of the old river country. All of the stars of Cocoon will be here. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) I remember talking with somebody at Disney Vacation who flat out said, they've been talking about building something out at Fort Wilderness for more than a decade at this point. Because the thinking was that all the kids who camped at Fort Wilderness are now adults and are very nostalgic for that experience, but at the same time, hate the idea of actually laying on the ground in a sleeping bag. So you build a 900-room hotel here, Mm -hmm. it's going to do business. But when they began surveying folks, it all came down to the fact that, "Eh, I don't want to stay there. If I had to choose between a beautiful hotel at the edge of Bay Lake or a beautiful hotel on the monorail, and that's where we are. But when you think about... Is it Long Pine Key? Is that the 200 units that are being changed over to DVC? B- at the Big Green? Pine? Big, Big Pine. pine. Yeah. Okay. This is DVC doubling down on exactly what the DVC members really say they want. They yeah. want to be on the monorail. That's the one thing that they haven't talked about is from this site, Len, what do you think the walk is going to be back to the lobby, to, to the ceremonial house to get to the monorail? You said that brings up an interesting point. Looking at the concept art, Jim, mm-hmm. I think this building is way too big mm-hmm. to have everybody do check-in or restaurants or transportation mm-hmm. at the Polynesian. I think this is going to have each of those elements mm-hmm. um, in itself. So my my expectation is, is that it will have a monorail stop Ooh. and it'll have restaurants. You can see in the concept art, it already has a pool. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking it will be a freestanding resort with the Polynesian name on it. Okay, so... Because look at the size of it. Look at the size no, of the... No, it, it is giant. And, and you're yeah. right. If you're thinking, you know, like Kadani Village, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. The other, the other question I have is, you know, just looking at it. I mean, anytime Disney sends out a piece of concept art, we all know that that's, you know, not exactly what we're going to get. But mm. for this particular thing, I'm struggling to identify any architectural detail here that has a Polynesian theme to it. Like if you told me this was the newest iteration of Courtyard by Marriott in San Antonio, mm-hmm. I, I would believe that. Like there's mm-hmm. there's nothing in this concept art that, that looks even vaguely Polynesian. Actually, in the fine Disney tradition of artwork that shows less than you think it does. I mean, if you if you look at how many palm trees are between you and the actual hotel. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that know? too. Also, it doesn't, so it's, it's clearly bordering the lake, yeah. right? Uh, Seven yeah. Seas Lagoon. What I don't see is whether that main walkway that's there right now is the existing main walkway or whether that will be something new. Because if it's the existing main walkway, now you've got pool chairs and guests lining up on either side of that. So if you're walking from the Poly to the Magic Kingdom, you have to go through. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how that's going to work. My sense is there'll be something closer to the water. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this, uh, the, the resort walking path will be set back farther from the water. So that you don't have to, to trips around with the general public. But if you look at the first floor, I mean, clearly, I think the first floor of the artist rendering includes restaurants and stuff like that. I just don't think there's enough at the Polynesian, the existing Polynesian, 
to support that many more people, right? Imagine doubling the number of people that are staying at the poly at Ohana. I get that. And at the same time, though, the people who are moaning online about losing the spirit of Aloha show and Mm. wondering if what this means about Hoopty-Doo. Hoopty-Doo is coming back. I mean, that's that's just a matter of time. Okay. All right. Uh, Also, Jim, uh, we learned today that the ESPN Club at Boardwalk is going to be replaced by the Cake Bake Shop by Gwendolyn Rogers in 2023. So two of these already exist in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So maybe I thought we could get our producer Aaron Adams over there to see what we can expect. The menu does say that they'll serve cakes, pies, and other desserts. The thing that I'm encouraged about here, Jim, is that the menu includes an entire category for something called breakfast cakes. And now I'm thinking, Jim, that Ms. Rogers would be an excellent life coach. What about you? I'll just bring the coffin with me. (laughs) Just lay it down on the floor of the restaurant and say, okay, bring the birthday cakes. Come on, keep them coming. Breakfast cake is an entirely new category of food that I didn't know I needed until now. So that's good. Also, Jim, uh, over at Epcot, the Epcot experience has closed. And then we have quite a bit to say about this. For me, what's intriguing about this is that this opened October of 2019. It, Mm -hmm. It came on the heels of the D23 Expo that year. This is when they announced Epcot's going from two lands in a theme park to four neighborhoods, the World Nature, World Celebration, World Discovery, and then, of course, World Showcase. And what was genuinely cool about this thing is you mm-hmm. walked into it and you got that 12-minute long film yeah. that then walked you through what we're going to do when we retool Spaceship Earth. And remember that wonderful moment where the cherry blossoms you know, obscured the screen and suddenly we're looking at the Mary Poppins? We're looking at some sort of some sort of uh, Mary Poppins ish thing. We ne- never actually said what it was. Yeah, I know, I know. And then through no fault of Disney, again, this opens October fifth, two thousand nineteen. By March fifteenth of the following year, Epcot and all of the other Walt Disney World theme parks closes for three months, and Epcot reopens on July fifteenth, and then on the sixteenth was when we get our first notice of, oh, yeah, you know, that that uh, some of the stuff that we, we talked about for Epcot is, is now on hold. And right. that includes the Spaceship Earth redo, and that includes the Mary Poppins thing. And as recently as last week, Bob Chapek in the Q&A portion of the shareholders meeting got asked about Mary Poppins and the Battle of Wakanda right. super e-ticket for Disney's California Adventure. And he said that it was a cash flow issue, that he liked both of these projects, but until it was Disney found itself in a more fluid situation, mm. uh, these two projects were in hold. And, and then a week later, we get the poly you know, yeah. expansion announcement. So it's like, wow, which faucet did you turn on there to get the fluid? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh, you found money in the left pocket of your jeans. Well, well, clearly we can't use that for attractions. No, Just, no, Because everyone knows, Jim, the left pocket is for DVC. There we go. <laughs> and remember, now it's no longer the Odyssey restaurant. It's the Odyssey, you know, what are they calling it now? Um, While you think of that, I'm going to go off on a little rant here that uh, the Imagineers are using the phrase activation now for rides, shows, and attractions. And let me just say, the world does not need another word for attractions, shows, and experiences. And if it did, not only is Activision a trade name of a video game company, but it makes (laughs) absolutely no sense in the context. You're basically using a word in the way that no one understands it. Just say attraction. Channel your inner Indigo Montoya. I do not think that word means what you think it means. You think it means, yeah. And it, it, I mean, not for nothing, but the people who use that just sound like douches. Don't say that, right? Oh, by the way, it's the Odyssey Events Pavilion. Yeah. There okay. we go. Yeah. All right. And, and just a quick update. Um, and yes, the Epcot Experience is closing, but the latest info on projects that are still coming down the line. Uh, was talking with somebody in horticulture about Journey of Water inspired by Moana. They're hoping to get in there to start planting this summer because it, this thing needs to look really green and lush. Yeah, they want to get a growing season. In. But, you know, Jim, as you say that, I have a pepper plant outside that has been alive for two consecutive years through the Florida <laughs> winters. It has five peppers on it right now, and they are they are almost ready to pick. So <sighs> growing season is year-round here in Florida, thank God. 
There we go. There we go. <laughs> and then what would what say? Oh, Play Pavilion. I'm hearing earliest activation is spring of 2023. There's no, there no way on the God's green earliest. earth, Jim. Yeah, there's yeah. no way. No okay. way spring of 2023. No. There we go. Not mm-hmm. going to happen. I'll, I mean, I'll bet against it if that's the over-under. So. Okay. All right. Kind of, well, well, we'll come out of our Galactic Star Cruiser experience and go straight over there. Straight over to the Play Pavilion. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right, Jim, it's time for uh, some surveys. Uh, Patrick mm-hmm. sent in a Disney survey related to his upcoming Walt Disney World trip. There are two mm-hmm. questions that I wanted to highlight. Um, the first one is this question. Which of the following were very influential in your decision to stay at a Disney-owned resort hotel? In the words, very influential and Disney-owned are underlined, so you know that they're important. Okay. All right, so here we go. Uh, guest service standards, resort feel or theming, early entry, complimentary parking at the uh, theme parks, an extended window for making dining reservations, resort cleanliness, the Disney bubble, the total immersion in the magic of Disney throughout my vacation, discounted magic bands, the ability to purchase first uh, and schedule lightning lane attractions, proximity to the theme parks. Jim, we just talked about that. Mm-hmm. Hotel amenities, there was a discount or a package offer. The room configuration made sense for me. Unique and different offerings like character experiences or fireworks viewing. Uh, early access to purchase after-hours event tickets, extended evening theme park hours, DVC points, complimentary transportation, or none of those were influential. So it's interesting to see what they've uh, listed here. They're, they're, they've got every current uh, promotion listed, right? So the early theme park entry, the extended theme park hours, they've got the magic bands, they've got the lightning link stuff. They're really trying to figure out here which which things people value, right? Yeah, and there's that phrase, the Disney bubble again. Yeah. That really tracks back to when the NBA was on property. Right. It started there, and now it's entered the lexicon and kind of a, meaning a very different thing. Yeah, the bubble. So, I mean, we, we had used the phrase, the Disney bubble, before the pandemic, but this is Disney embracing that nomenclature. There we go. So. Which is good. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. think that's, uh, I think that's super interesting. The, uh, the second question, and I want to get your take on this, Jim, Mm-hmm. is do you plan to participate in or visit the following activities or attractions on the same day you visit one of the Walt Disney World theme parks? And they only list three things here, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, the three things are Disney Springs, amenities or activities at my hotel, such as the pool or recreation activities, mm-hmm. or visit friends and family. There's no other thing in there for the same day. Why do you think they picked those three things? We have seen an investment program in the pools at various resorts. What's fascinating about a lot of the, these hotels is they do have older pools and a number of them are looking at, do we do the upgrade? Do we do the zero entry? Or we're now competing thing with things like the big blue pool over at Art of Animation. And it's a little concerning about Disney Springs yet again. Because they've spent all this money to effectively double, if not, I think, at this point, the store count is triple what yeah, it used to be. And we have all sorts of expensive things that have launched there, like Drawn to Life, and yeah. which I'm, I'm hearing isn't doing quite as well as they had hoped. I was there, uh, I was there last night and did not see a line to go in at <laughs> showtime. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's not good. So... Yeah. But yeah, I love the whole visit friends and families, also known as the soon-to-be Bob Chapek choice. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised it was just those two things. And it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to spend half a day shopping outside of Mm -hmm. um, Walt Disney World. I'm going to go to the outlets. I'm going to go to the mall. I'm going to go off-site for dinner. This was basically what other things are you going to do that are Disney-related? Here, inside the Disney bubble. Yeah, here. Interesting. So we'll see what happens there. Um, also, another survey, uh, our mm-hmm. friends uh, Justin and Jeremy sent mm-hmm. in their post-trip survey from Disney's Galactic Star Cruise. And interestingly, Jim, I did not get one of these from my stay, but I don't know if that was just a timing thing. I am shocked. 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 But anyway, yes. go, yeah, go figure. So, what? Um, so this survey, uh, which we took together at dinner at Haleo, mm-hmm. um, was around 100 screens of information. And at the end the very last screen, the submit button on the last screen didn't work, which just goes to show you that irony isn't dead in Disney's IT department. Thank you. Um, But here were a couple of the key questions. One was, what, if anything, was especially positive or favorable about your experience at the Crown of Corellia dining room 
during, and this one was night to dinner, taste around the galaxy. Um, so Chrissy, you and I did this and this was the, this was the meal where we were at the chef's table. Mm-hmm. Captain's Cap, sorry, table. Uh, Captain's table. Um, and Justin and Jeremy said that it's a neat concept in terms of the show and presentation of each course. And then there was a, a follow-up question. Uh, what, if anything, was unfavorable? And Jeremy and Justin said several items were just mediocre. Uh, the shrimp was rubbery. The meat was just okay. The presentation of having all the servers walk out simultaneously was cute, but I bet it means that dozens of plates were sitting under heat lamps for half an hour. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. All right. Also fair, right? And this happens on, on cruise ships all the time, right? Mm-hmm. The second question that they had was, what are the reasons why you gave a rating of very good instead of excellent for your shopping experience? And they said, uh, several people here checking out who had annual passes, but were asked if they had an in-universe card like loyalty miles account for the Star Cruiser. And, and here what the cast members are asking for is, do you have an annual pass? But they don't say annual mm-hmm. pass. So uh, Jeremy and Justin go on to say, if the shopper doesn't make the connection that the cast was asking about an annual pass, they didn't get a discount. So oh. interesting, interesting. Yeah. Got to do the Monty Python. Wink, wink, not judge. They didn't use that terminology with me. They straight out said annual pass. They, <laughs> they might have. The they might have. Uh, this is one of those know your audience questions. Yeah. Yep. Did not have any issues with that. <laughs> Without the annual pass, there was no confusion. Yeah. And then there was a, a survey question about individual activities, such as lightsaber training. And this was interesting because we talked about this over at dinner at Haleo, along with another friend who had been on the Star Cruiser, who, who I won't name. And everyone at the table works in technology. So we all have a general idea of what's possible in state-of-the-art gaming and such. And we all agreed that in terms of technology, the lightsaber experience on the Star Cruiser isn't as good as, say, the current generation of VR games like mm-hmm. Vader Immortal for the Oculus, which I think uh, actually our producer Aaron Adams also loves, mm-hmm. or The Void at Disney Springs. So the thing that's propping up the lightsaber experience right now is the cast and how they deliver the lines. So Jeremy and Justin both said that one straightforward upgrade to this would be to use actual VR goggles. And they linked this to Luke's initial lightsaber oh, training in episode four. Yeah. Where he wore a blaster shield, right? Yeah. So that could be the the VR goggles, and then and then anything is possible in VR, right? Mm-hmm. So my sense is that, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the next logical upgrade mm-hmm. to the lightsaber experience. But my guess is that the development cycle is probably a couple of years, and mm-hmm. if the Star Cruiser keeps booking up like it has, just installing and testing that is going to be a process in and of itself. But my, my sense is that's the next upgrade there. What do you think, Jim? That's inspired to actually reach all the way back to New Hope and use that. My only concern is when you have a bucket head creating the blast shield, you know, again, you got to get out the forklift and carry it into the room to put it on the giant heads. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah, creating there's that. a blast yeah. shield that fits all might be a bit of a challenge. So that's true. Actually fitting and configuring the VR headset Mm-hmm. Uh, is it probably a, a time, more time-consuming process because don't when you uh, when you put them on for the first time don't you have to like adjust your pupil uh, distances and stuff like that like it's a it's a complicated thing. Okay, I do remember that from my experience on the on the void when they did the Star Wars thing. But again, once you get it zeroed, it's like man, that yeah, was great. it was pretty good. So That's true because the void. I think the void was like a ten-minute setup, so it, it would take a little bit longer. But mm-hmm. but the payoff, man. Um, also, we've got a number of questions um, from people who are thinking about going on Star Cruiser who haven't seen all of the Star Wars films. And Christina, can you believe that there are people who haven't seen all of the Star Wars films? How dare you? How dare you? I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm, anyway, the question is, is, what's the minimum number of films I need to watch to understand what's going on in Star Cruiser? None. <laughs> I, I, I don't think none is, is the answer I would give. You have your opinion. None. Yeah, I mean, I knew who Ray was. I, I knew the general, you know, ness of what was going on. But yeah, you probably should watch more. The than Gestalt, that. the zeitgeist of uh, of Star Wars. Is that it? I, I mean, you can infer a lot. This person is bad. This person is good. Right. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but maybe. One or two. All right. So, so I I came up with this list, Jim. Uh, see mm-hmm. if you agree. Um, episode four because it introduces the Force and okay. lightsabers. Episode five, because it introduces Yoda. Okay. And then episode seven, because it introduces Rey and Kylo Ren. Okay, but if this is somebody who's asking, because they've seen none, you think they're going to sit three? three? Well, there's nine. I'm saying I'm saying a third of them at a minimum. Yes. Pick two. Which two? 
four and seven. There you go. Because five, five is is mainly um, Luke whining on. Is it Dagobah <laughs> in the swamps? There we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah, that that that, that was the the working title: whining in Dagobah. Yeah, I mean, I mean at this point, he could. Uh, he, it's like he was. If he had been born forty years later, he would not have done episode five. He would have become the lead singer of Panic at the Disco for all the emo <laughs> stuff that he was going through in episode five. Like, oh. Hey, they have a really good song on Frozen. I'm, too, I'm, so I'm, I'm with it. I'm not saying it would have been bad. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, that would, that was my statement of support. Right. I would pay good money to hear Mark Hamill sing "Into the Unknown." <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, Jim? Anything's possible these days. We need to do a Frozen sing along. Okay, right. sorry. Frozen sing along. All right, we're adding this to the list. Frozen sing along. Okay. It is. All right, mm. fair. Uh, time for a couple of listener questions. Adrian writes in with this. In last week's show, you said that mentioning the phrase gluten-free pizza in front of your Italian grandmother caused her to cross herself and look away. For any listeners planning to visit Walt Disney World who are also gluten-free, one of the best gluten-free pizzas you'll find is at Blaze Pizza at Disney Springs. I'm pretty sure that if my nana were still alive, I could have pulled the old switcheroo on her and she wouldn't have noticed. It'd be great wow. to have Christina eat the pizza for market research. Unfortunately, they don't have... <laughs> I support it. I support this. Adrian says, uh, unfortunately, they don't have any iris- iridescent toppings, so she'll miss out on that, but at least it's not a dome cake. All right, Chrissy, mm-hmm. so you're, you're in for this? Mm-hmm. I, who is this person? This is my new best friend. <laughs> I, was, I, yeah. I need to add here, too. Normally, my Gmail filter catches the words gluten-free and pizza in the body, but Adrian's <laughs> last name ends in a vowel, so I feel like I can trust him on this. <laughs> Adrian is a genius. No dome cakes, yes to pizza. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll go get pictures. By the way, Chris, if you're interested in pizza, uh, Laurel and I had an excellent mushroom truffle pizza last night over at Wolfgang Puck at Disney Springs. And I'm not a fan of mushroom pizza, but everything about this was really good. The crust and the bake were just about perfect. So if you haven't tried yeah. Wolfgang Puck pizza, yeah, really, really good. I don't love a truffle. No, it was, I, I, I don't normally too, but this was great. It was really, really okay. good. I would go back and... I would go back and, and, and try their pizzas anytime. Really, really good. $18, a little pricey, so more than Blaze, but in terms of quality, man, yeah, really, really good pizza. All right, I'll do a Springs pizza. There you go, a Springs pizza yeah. off. There we are. All right, uh, and then last email from Stuart. On this week's show, you mentioned the fruit packing company that Crush and Gusher is based around. A while back, I asked about the tea company Expedition Everest is based around. I thought that when the ride opened, its story was that of a uh, runaway tea train and at the start, you passed several small tea plants right out of the load gate. Is this true? So, Jim, any idea? That is true. That is the backstory. But but again, it's, it joins that long line of projects that have supposedly failed on Disney property, like the Meriwether Pleasure, his sail factory that then became the, the site of the dance club was where the sails were supposedly made at Pleasure Island. Right. Likewise, the guys who came in and are now using the, the train for the failed tea plantation. Yeah, all of Disney Springs, uh, basically anything having to do or linked to the Adventures Club, all the same thing. There you go. But it's true that the story of Expedition Everest does include tea. So the idea is that the Royal Anandapur Tea Company, which has a stand, a pastry stand, right outside of Expedition Everest, owned the train service and would uh, ship the train from Sirkazong, which is the, uh, you know, I guess the village around Asia, um, through the mountains. Um, but then, you know, a series of mysterious incidents involving the Yeti caused the train line to, uh, to close down. So, yeah, that's definitely the story. There you go. And the, the hair ties secured the tea bags or like where did sure, that? Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> okay, okay. Awesome. Yeah, cool. But, uh, but thanks, Stuart. You're right. That is, uh, that is actually the story. Mm-hmm. So there we go. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Christina shares with us the highlights so far of the 2022 Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. We'll be right back. Frank Rand once said, everything good in life is either illegal or moral or fattening. Well, I don't know about everything, but back when I was a kid, which was more than five decades ago, breakfast used to be a whole lot more fun because virtually every cereal was loaded with sugar. Well, these days, especially if you're someone my age, you're always trying to eat better, making an active effort to avoid things like sugar and carbs. But that said, you still want something that tastes good. That's why I'm so, so grateful for the folks at Magic Spoon. 
They've created the suite of breakfast cereals that taste just like the stuff we had as kids, but are actually healthy for you. By that, I mean Magic Spoon cereals have 0 grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only 4 net grams of carbs in each serving. They're also keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Plus, Magic Spoon cereals are only 140 calories a serving. And they come in great flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and maple waffle. And did I mention you can build your own custom bundle of healthy yet delicious Magic Spoon cereal? Which is great for breakfast, but also makes a terrific guilt-free midnight snack. If you'd like to build your own custom bundle of cereal, go now to magicspoon.com slash Disney Dish. And be sure to use our promo code Disney Dish at checkout to save $5 off your order. Mind you, Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. Which means if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Again, if you'd like to experience what a delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal tastes like, go to magicspoon.com slash Disney Dish, and then use the code Disney Dish to save $5 off your order. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring today's show. Okay, we all know how expensive it is to get a new pair of glasses these days, which is why this offer from kits.com, they're this up-and-coming glasses retailer, just sounds, well, crazy. Because your first pair is free. Seriously. Pick from the hundreds of chic styles that Kits.com offers and then just pay $9.95 to cover the cost of shipping. And your new glasses will be on your doorstep within days. Which just seems mind-blowing to me. I mean, how is it that Kits.com can offer quality glasses like these at affordable prices? Well, it helps that all lenses are manufactured at Kits Optical Lab up in Vancouver rather than someplace offshore so that the quality is better and you can then get your glasses that much faster. Uh, mind you, you don't need to take my word for it when it comes to kits.com. Trustpilot, the consumer review website, has given this glasses retailer a 4.5 star rating, which, given that Trustpilot's topmost rating is 5 stars, is pretty impressive. Of course, some terms and conditions apply. Some styles of glasses are excluded from kits.com's first pair free offer, this offer is also only applicable up to minus four prescriptions, which covers most people. But for those folks who have more complex prescriptions, well, that's going to require a more expensive lens. But Kits.com currently is a great deal for those eyeglass wearers as well, which is to take $69 off of the cost of those frames. I mean, I know, it all sounds too good to be true. But if you head on over to the Kits.com website, you'll see that they are, in fact, offering you your first pair of glasses for free. So why not try Kits.com's virtual try-on? And if you like what you see, be sure and use the code FREEKITS at checkout. Again, get your first pair of Kits.com glasses on them. No strings attached. Just pay $9.95 for shipping. Go to Kits.com, that's K-I-T-S dot com, and use code FREEKITS, F-R-E-E-K-I-T-S, at checkout. Kits.com. Quality glasses at affordable prices. We thank them for sponsoring today's episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, uh, we're going to talk about Flower and Garden right now with Christina sharing us the highlights. But Jim, why don't you give us a couple of quick Flower and Garden fun facts? Because I know everyone likes to, uh, likes to open with an infographic. First Flower and Garden was back in April of 1994, and they weren't entirely confident that it was going to fly, so it was only 38 days long. <laughs> That's adorable, 38 days. <laughs> no, think about it. This Flower and Garden opened on March 2nd. It's going to run till July 4th. That's a 124 days, Len. Yeah, That's three times more than three times as long, yeah. That's nuts. And in fact, I mentioned I was talking with friends at Horticulture about the uh, journey of water. And they were talking about in order to keep 
this year's flower and garden looking fresh, how many times they're replanting individual flower beds, how many greenhouses around the state of Florida they've contracted out to bring in replacement flowers. It's just the staff will be in that park after dark with little, you know, headlights on. And it's like, you can easily identify the horticultural team at at Disney these days. They're the vampires wandering around property, pasty, dark rings under their eyes. They're the people who break into the Starbucks uh, at night and ransack it. And they're like, okay, we're set. Bring on the gladiolas. Here we go. This is not the flower and garden that started back in 94. That that literally was sponsored by Better Homes and Gardens. It was mm-hmm. all about planting. And 1996, we got our first uh, food and wine. And, and again, you're, you're going to love this, Lynn. Only ran for 30 days. Totally. Because <laughs> we weren't sure. Imagine, imagine starting a, a harvest-themed food festival during mm-hmm. the actual harvest yeah. instead of July. Mm-hmm. Oh, Crazy, yeah. crazy. We don't know anything about marketing, though. So, you know. But here's where poor Chrissy has to enter this space that has become this 124 day festival that is supposed to be mostly about flowers and gardening. But let's be honest here really about the food? Well, I will say for me, this is my favorite festival. And uh, it's a couple reasons. And the last reason is the food. But primarily, when you walk around, those, the vampires are the real rock stars, uh, you get hit in the face with floral smells that are just amazing. And they somehow their petunias live. Mine do not. I have like 10. They have tens of thousands. They must be replanting them often. I know for a fact they're replanting those hydrangeas out front often because Florida sun will do a number on them. And one day they'll be wilted. And then the next day it's a, a whole different gorgeous color. So they're amazing. Do you, do you, have, do you ever the, wonder if the uh, Disney horticultural team has people on it from like the the old East German swimming team coaches? <laughs> like, like I'm just thinking better living through chemicals here. Uh, <laughs> they, if you bust in, because now Epcot opens at like what four a.m. It's like <laughs> yeah. eight, eight o'clock early entry yeah. now, which for Epcot is just unreasonable. Mm-hmm. You will catch them fixing the topiaries mm-hmm. and they do, I mean, they look like they could use the Starbucks and they're, you know, hurrying to finish the last details, but those are the hardest working folks. And then the butterfly house is my favorite, except on the last day. Cause I always like joke that the birds in the area cause I ask <laughs> all the time, what are you doing with the butterflies? And I know they're like, lady, lady. could you not? Yeah. They're, they're they going to, to live in a farm upstate. What do you want us to say? <laughs> exactly. Every year, it stresses me out every year because I'm like, I knew them when they were just, you know, went through the whole process of becoming who they are. Mm. Like, I I only know about chrysalis because of Flower and Garden. I didn't pay attention in middle school, but <laughs> and then they were all on the last day, and it's so stressful. Anyway. The food. Let's talk about the food. Right. Okay. So we we did our usual list. Um, the best fifty dollars. I'm just gonna zip through that real quick. And that's on Instagram. We always have it on Instagram. So we ate everything, we drank everything. And I will say somebody got a deal. Okay, I've noticed this. Jim, you're gonna you're gonna know the answer. I've noticed this the last three festivals. It feels like they get a deal on an ingredient. And then we see that ingredient in every single country. For example, this year, it's tiny bacon. It's these little cubed pork bacon pieces. And you can find them in lots of dishes. Oh, really? All over. Yeah. Has anybody seen Practical or Pfeiffer Pig lately? (laughs) (laughs) Staff cuts are everywhere, Jim. Wow. Literally, staff cuts. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's a deal somewhere because we're using it in a lot of stuff. Okay. So this year, it feels like, and I've talked to a couple cast members, and I won't name names, that I've come to know festival after festival. (laughs) And... Some of it feels very like when my daughter, I give her a gorgeous kit of all different color Play-Doh and then I go and run an errand or something and then it's all brown. Okay. (laughs) Some of it feels like Gigi's made 
her brown standard played what you're out. Saying, what you're saying, but, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, composition, a lot of uh, a lot of putting together of, of uh, dishes. We're just stamping out the same old mm. thing in some cases. But it's smaller, and we're going to charge a teeny bit more. Yeah, I mean, inflation inflation. I get. You know, things go up 25 cents a year. That's that's pretty much standard for inflation. The yeah. thing that I was surprised at was that the, the price points in Italy are so much higher. Well, and, and the food's just not good. But, I mean, I think I think the starting price at Italy is, what, $12, $13? 12 12 is the cheapest. That's the donuts. The ravioli is $13. I did confirm you can buy two bags of the same frozen ravioli at Publix for the same price. Wow. And then the risotto yeah. balls, the Arancini, is uh, $14. That's amazing. What uh, what are some of the food that you liked? Because I have a couple of things that I tried that, oh, that were good. Good. Okay. Number one, absolute favorite of the festival, and, and it's expensive. I mean, it's a little pricey. Is the uh, the taco vampiro in oh. Mexico? And I don't think I don't think I've had a favorite there, but it is. You know how when you make a grilled cheese and then some of the cheese spills out on the pan, and it's like the sort of crunchy bits, and that's yeah. the best part. This whole taco. Really, the line because I, I wanted well, to get that. Laurel and I were there over the weekend. I wanted to get it. The line yes. went from the the stand all the way back to the like halfway to the first shop. It was, it was like I'm not going to get. I'm not going to wait. You know, 45 minutes for a taco. It's just not. Mm. I'm getting it again today. Um, yeah, it's $8. It's one of the gluten-friendly options, which is yeah. awesome. They're doing better on that. And then the – I don't think we've ever had a funnel cake as one of our um, like top items. But this year, the strawberry uh, cheesecake funnel cake, Ooh. which is at the stand outside of the American Adventure, it is the size of your head. <laughs> it is $10.50, so it is pricey, but really four people can eat it and share. And even if you're – We saw – so uh, we tried the seafood boil at uh, at the American Adventure, which was yeah, which it was really good. I mean, it's a ton of food for eight dollars or whatever it was. But the the folks in the at the picnic table next to us, four four kids on spring break, mm-hmm. and they were eating that yeah. funnel cake like it was their first meal after wandering the desert for forty days and forty nights. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I mean, they had they had powdered sugar on their face. And and Whatever. and and the is it strawberry? It was red. Like what's is it strawberry? Strawberry, strawberry. Was, like like mm-hmm. on either side. Like and they didn't care. Nobody cared. Batch <laughs> <laughs> oh. of honor. It's wonderful, um, and it is huge. And you know it takes a minute because in that little booth, it's yeah. like smaller than an average water closet. Mm-hmm. There's one right. person, so just be patient. Have your ten fifty, yeah. and and keep that it moving. Good. It's wonderful. Yeah, the other thing I tried yeah. at, a, at the American uh, Adventure was the seafood gumbo. No, sorry, I take that back. It was the seafood boil and the chicken gumbo, which was delicious. Chicken gumbo, that was spicy. It was me. spicy, but it was good. Yeah, they, uh, oddly, they had that. run out of rice. So there was a line for people who who wanted huh. rice with their gumbo. And I was like, like I, I know what rice tastes like. I don't mm. I don't need it. Just give me the gumbo. And that, that made it faster. But that was that was really good. And that's the um, Ben's original right. rice. But both of these were 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 on were either you could consider them large appetizers or you know small entrees for eight dollars. I mean, I think both of those things were some of the best values I've seen, especially in that pavilion for yeah, a while. Yeah, the gumbo is six twenty five, but the oysters to me were one of the best seafood ah. values. They were they're seven fifty, but I mean for good grilled mm-hmm. oysters, that's a reasonable. Cool. Price. What else did you like? Um, so I always enjoy the honey bistro. That's yeah. always one of my favorites. Yeah. I uh, get everything. I eat everything. I love everything. And it's reasonably priced. Like it's still like the old timey. What was, um, what's, what's, what's on offer over there? So the cornbread is my favorite. It's got bacon. It has honey. Like it's your sweet, your yeah. salty. It's fantastic. I also really enjoy the trial and trellis, which is right there before you get to Starbucks. It's on the West mm-hmm. side. Their prices are extremely reasonable. Like the highest price is what the Korean, sh- the impossible Korean short rib. So that's plant based. Six seven. Had that. That was delicious, so and that's a lot of food. It is. And then the um, impossible soup, the kale soup and sausage soup, is only five. Also, incredible portions. Very tasty. Would not believe it was vegan. <laughs> Loved it. And we went the day that we went. It was actually cool. Like I don't think it was. I don't think it was sixty-five degrees, oh, okay. and so so that that hit the spot. And Laurel ate all of that. I love that whole booth, and I don't understand how yeah. they're able to stay so reasonable 
Yeah, agreed. Both of that, both those things. The thing that uh, while we're on the the vegan thing, the thing that I I was surprised they didn't have was over at the African Outpost during food and wine. They do the gatheri, the uh, oh, the chickpea based. Yeah, it's 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 not there right now. They're doing pineapple. Yeah, which was just pineapple. Yeah, it's just pineapple. Yeah. What so what else? Uh, what else was good? So I love the fact that they're doing at the farmers feast. Um, everybody mm-hmm. is in love with the bison ribeye your niece devoured it and was like fighting mm. for it i thought it was too salty i am in the minority literally everybody yeah. else loves this thing and it's eight dollars and then and their menu is changing so which i love because it's not the same thing so for the mm-hmm. locals like um they have one menu um until april 9th and then right you know another one until may 21st and then to the end of the festival so it's going to change it's going to be great and they're they've got some reasonable prices too they do have a goat cheese creamsicle and i did not tell Gigi that it, it was goat cheese <laughs> oh, that's all right so it's a it's a sin of omission that's fine yeah, you can no, uh, yeah, you can a popsicle here you go it was yeah lovely. you could just uh you could just talk about that at confession next week what um it's fine it's fine the last what, it was good though it yeah was good? i liked it but i like goat cheese plus i knew it was goat cheese and i was not expecting it to be like pineapple or you know, I knew right. it was so. Yeah, I loved it. And then, of course, um, Germany for like the people who are not adventurous eaters. I will mm. say, we had gray meat again in France. Um, mm. Just can't, couldn't. I didn't. The one thing, I, the one thing I tried in France was the garlic and onion croissant with a uh, Gruyere cheese filling, and it was it's basically French cheesy bread. Yeah, with garlic and onions, delicious. A uh, little expensive for the for the for what you got, but I mean, just packed with flavor. Oh, like that was very very intense goat cheese, not Gruyere. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. was it goat? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, six seventy five. To me, France is like bordering on that Italy line where I just can't. Like. Yeah the the lines were really long too. So the prices um, are high. It's just yeah. But you have to wonder in that situation when you look at both Italy and France, is this really more? location and architecture to the effect of the expansion they did with Italy creating that whole back courtyard area or for that matter you it's know a lot they, of place yeah yeah and likewise if you think about you know what they've done in France and adding you know the creperie around the back with ratatouille and all that and that Disney knows this and so that's why you're you know you're paying top dollar for food that's served in this location versus you know other spots around world Because you're going to be there anyway I think you're right yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think Italy is expensive because it uh, Disney knows it's the safe choice for a lot of people. Uh, also, you know, so that's a demand thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, Chrissy, you uh, you also did a uh, a special event at La Cava del Tequila in Mexico. Okay, that was last Saturday. So I tell my dear husband, "Hey, mm. what are you doing Saturday?" And he's like, "I've been meaning to bleach the trash cans. You know, it's Florida." <laughs> You, you want to make sure that the trash cans don't get any kind of funk. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool, cool. I have to go have tequila with a Victoria's Secret model. So I'll- Supermodel. Yeah. <laughs> same. same, same. So our wow. lovely friends at La Cava invited us to go to a very tiny media event with Lily Aldridge at La Cava. And it was uh, really early Saturday morning. So it was just myself and then- two other people that I believe Lily, um, two other bloggers that I think Lily invited on her own. And we invited a friend that wasn't able to come with us. So they let us in. We got to meet her. We got one-on-one time. She is even nicer than I can describe. She was very kind. She's an enormous Disney nerd, which is... Is she really? I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Really? Yes. Giant Disney nerd. Like, yeah, she knows it all loves it all. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. She was very lovely. So the mm-hmm. owner of uh, Casa Dragones, I'm, am I saying that right? Yes. Casa Dragones. Yes. She, which is, which is a very good tequila line. High- like I like, I like Casa Dragones yes. a lot. Yeah. He was there. She gave us a little lesson on the tequila. Um, she's actually donating uh, some of the proceeds all of March to Women for Women International, which is a lovely charity. And then they did the little presentation with the floral smoke and uh, it was wonderful. And we, as a rule, we don't 
first of all, we're never offered anything for free by Disney. Yeah. <laughs> but Lakava is different. It's not, it's not actually run by Disney, but, but, yeah, I, and they're friends, right? So don't get me wrong. I, I yeah. like Lakava. Take everything, you know, we say with a grain of salt, but yeah. Oh, oh no. But, but we, but we, but we have to pay for our stuff. So describe how you did that. Yeah. That's the rule. We don't take anything for free because then we can't be honest. We feel, we feel like it would not be on brand for us, right? So, yeah. Uh, because we got this early access and they gifted us with a lovely bottle of the tequila signed and, they hosted us and, you know, let me have some drinks and things. I then stuck around to buy a round or two for, it was like a whole bachelor party, bachelorette. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It got fuzzy. I'm not absolutely sure what happened. Yeah. The de- the details from this point on are a little cloudy, but uh, I did, I did see, I did see a whole bunch of people with shots uh, who looked really, really happy at La Cava. Yeah. And so. It's, yeah. it's good for business. Um, but we bought the first uh, 15 uh <laughs> sure whatever one thing uh did you did you try the tequila because i did no i have not yet um nervous to do that because i have a child and i <laughs> right i i did um when i was there okay yeah so yeah that- i i think it's i think it's delightful it's um it's a little bit butterscotchy and with uh with hints of like cherry cordial mm-hmm. it's very smooth like you could put this on you could drink this with almost anything it was, uh, I mean, it, normally when I when I see celebrities endorsing alcohol, I mean, other than Ryan Re- Reynolds, who's uh, you know uh, a, a treasure, um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, you know, what, what's going on here? But this is actually pretty good tequila for for that sort of thing. I, it's it's very smooth, very drinkable, and, and of a much higher quality than I uh, initially expected. So shout out to uh, Casa Dragones and to Lily for uh, for getting that flavor profile right. It's really really good. By the way, if you, you Google Lily Aldridge and Disney, geez, she really is a Disney super nerd. In fact, for the Disney Parks Designer Collection of Ears, mm-hmm. just last January, brand new set of rainbow Minnie Mouse ears. Yep, she, oh, she, there you and go. she's been doing that since September of 2020. So, yeah, she's a member of the cult. She's one of us. <laughs> she's one of us. Oh, there she we go. goes on ride. She doesn't, like, pop in for her appearance in the hub, take some pictures mm-hmm. and bolt. Like, she's sitting on pirates. She's <laughs> yeah. she was very lucky. Awesome. And she came That's over, awesome. too. It was not part of the planned event. But mm-hmm. um, what kind of sold me on her now is when mm-hmm. I was buying shots, she actually came over, came from behind the mm-hmm. little rope thing that they had set up. Because again, Victoria's Secret model, and she um, mingled with the guests, took pictures, took video. She did the smoke thing for several of them. Uh, yeah, she went above and beyond, very, which was really, really nice. Really, yeah. really nicely done event. Yeah, good, good for her. That's cool. You know, here's the thing that I think. I mean, if you look at Neil Patrick Harris, if you look at um, you know the people who frequent La Cava and like Disney, like mm-hmm. Lily Aldridge as well, and I'm including her in this group. Like, mm-hmm. if you like Disney and you like La Cava, you're basically our people. There you go. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like like we we can re- we 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 can get along, right? Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. All right. Thank you for the uh, review, Chris. Now, I understand you are headed out to Epcot as am I. We're going to meet in an hour or so. Yeah. After we record this. All right. I will uh, I will see you there. Thank okay, you for I the uh, one in the Hank Lonely t-shirt. I would like it known. I have the very first one. I designed it <laughs> myself, oh. paid for it myself, and I will be bringing your uh are they 5 by 7 glossies and I have your shark. You have you have five by sevens. I have the eight by tens. Although I think I'm, I think I'm down to like my last two, and I need to mail them out. No, I have your oh. sharpies. I, I'm okay. It. We'll make sure. Yeah, I'll see you there. Legend right. Rose. I love this. I love this. Okay. All right. I'll see you uh, in an hour then. Okay. All right, folks. That's going to do it for the Disney Dish show today. Please head on over to DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. We'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes. On next week's show, Jim and I and you. Decide which theme park rides built since the year 2000 are the modern Disney classics. You can find more of Jim at jimhillmedia.com and more of me, Len, at touringplans.com. Chrissy, where can people find you? Touringplans.com. At touringplans on all of your social media. Fantastic. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who'll be bringing his A-game barbecued habanero with blueberry agrodolce chicken wing recipe to the 2022 Seacoast Wings Festival on Saturday, June 25th at the Rate Homestead Farm Museum just off State Road in beautiful Elliott, Maine. While Aaron's doing that, please go into iTunes and Radar Show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.